Hello and welcome to CigarCast, your weekly one-stop shop for all things cigar-related, including industry news, reviews, and everything in between. We're recording live from Mission Cigar and Social here in Spring Hill, Tennessee. I'm one of your hosts, Trey Debman, and I'm joined by a man who's fresh back from the Smoky Mountain Bigfoot Festival, where he was dancing in cage number three, Mr. Shane Reeves. That's right. The tips were good. <laughs> I would imagine so. <laughs> the, the tips were good. It, you know... It's so nice. So we actually got up at 6 o'clock Saturday morning. We drove to Gatlinburg. We got there about 11 because we get we gain an hour. It, it moves forward an yeah. hour. So we got there about 11, strolled down to the Bigfoot Conference, did all that we wanted to, stayed there till about 3, and then um, said, you know, why don't we just go back home? We can sleep in our own bed tonight. You, you know? day-tripped it to yeah. Gatlinburg. Yeah, literally wow. just day-tripped it. So we went back and stopped at our favorite restaurant there in Gatlinburg, the Chop House, and had prime rib and did a little shopping at Tanger. Blew out of Gatlinburg about 5 o'clock their time. Got back here about 8.30 our time because we get our hour back. Right. Kind of like time travel. A little bit. <laughs> so, and came directly here to the shop and smoked a cigar and talked to the guys about Bigfoot. Awesome. Now, what had you done with the puppy in this time? Oh, we took him Friday to the Pooch Playhouse. Okay, so he just got a free weekend away either way. Yeah, yeah. We just dropped him off. I mean, we had a hotel room for that night, but I'm just thinking, you know, all we're going to do tomorrow morning is get up and drive back. Right. There's Eat at one of the 17,000 pancake houses and be on the road. There is no cigar lounges there. No. So we're probably going to have to ride back into the mountains and fight mosquitoes to sit somewhere and smoke cigars and why bother yeah <laughs> you know and we summer is not our time to go to Gatlinburg um, everybody brings their rug rats and they take them to the splash pad and, and there's the just people everywhere oh yeah Summer's not our time for Gatlinburg. Gatlinburg is a fall-winter destination for us, for sure. And it's interesting, too, because Gatlinburg has the only skiing and, and winter sports in Tennessee. But really, summer is their season. Yeah, oh, absolutely. And they know it. You know, the, the hillbilly golfs, all the mountain golfs, all the mountain coasters, all the skis, you know, all of the all of the stuff is geared towards summer. And it's right. A, but I get it. It's a summer family destination. Right. And I'll give them all the credit in the world for keeping it a family destination. They've done a good job of making it somewhere that you can take the kids and the kids will be entertained and have fun. Yeah, it's like it's like Vegas rated G. Yeah, yeah, really is just, I mean, there's a lot of fun stuff to do there. Shows and activities. And it's never attracted the woo crowd. Right. And it's never attracted the drunk loser guys. Well, there's just not a whole lot of bars. I mean, there's a handful. But yeah, there's a there's a there's a lot of places that a couple of adults can go have a dinner and a nice beverage. Right. But there's not a lot of places. It's not for, like Nashville. Yeah, and the, and nor should it be. Right. I'm absolutely 100. We've already got gl- one of those. Yeah, I'm 100 percent glad of that. So let's light our cigars. Then I got to tell you all about the big fuck. All right, let's do it. So I am smoking a cigar <laughs> that really? I that I took to heart the advice that was given to me. Huh. So. I was talking to our our Rocky rep, which, by the way, has gone completely incognito. Um, she's just terrible. She is not a great rep. Because um, we don't sell Rocky in this store anymore. Yeah. And we were trying to, and I told her, I said, here's my problem. All the Rocky Patels taste the same. 
So last year at her show, at the show, she handed me this cigar. She said, now, this is a brand new cigar. It may be a little young. So don't smoke it immediately. Give it a little bit. So one year later, <laughs> here you are. I've whipped it out, and I'm going to smoke the Edge 20th anniversary. Okay. And, I'll, and I hope I like it. I really would like You know, our former rep, Heath, was the best rep in the world. And the presence of Rocky Patel in Nashville was all on Heath's shoulders. Right. But it seems like, for whatever reason, I don't know anybody in Nashville that's a big Rocky store. Yeah. Come to think of it, I don't either. I mean, you know, you, Rocky, Rocky became a little bit of a joke back in the early 2010s. For, for pretty much exactly what you're talking about, which is that their flavor was very uniform, and it wasn't that great. And so we used to joke about, hey, y'all got Rockies? You know, the same way we talk about Gurkha today is how we talked about Rocky back then. And I guess, speaking sort of personally, I've never really recovered from that. You know, I still view Rocky that way. You know, such a good company, very accessible people, but for whatever reason... I don't know. I don't know if Heath was the exception and he went above and beyond, or if the new rep is not. Yeah. I don't know what what the deal is there, but the presence of Rocky in Nashville is gone. Yeah, it, it's funny you mentioned that because I don't really pay attention to their their platform in the humidor. You know, they're just one I I look over. But now that you mention it, yeah, I don't recall really seeing them. Prominently yeah. anywhere. I, I, I couldn't find an edge Sumatra of a subpoena. Yeah. I mean, it's just, I think it's one of those things that a poor, you know, a poor representation for whatever reason. And I'm not sitting here trashing this person. I don't know what restrictions she's been put right. under or what difficulties that have been encountered and all that. I'm not just sitting here to trash her. I'll trash, I'll trash the crown heads rep, but I'm not going to sit here and trash her. Um, but for whatever reason... They've lost it. They've lost their market share. Yeah, and I wonder how much of that is really on the brand itself. If, you know, again, back in the early 2010s when everybody was going after strength for strength's sake, and that was a lot of the palate of the smokers, they were doing very well. I've noticed, you know, both with you and I and with the industry in general, kind of, people are moving away to more nuance and to more subtlety, and, and they just, that's not their strength. Well, this is the edge. It is an Ecuadorian Sumatra wrapper, Nicaraguan and Honduran binder and fillers. So, and it's, you know, $12, $13. It's not a bad price. You know, the edge always been known as an inexpensive cigar. Right. I'm okay if the 20th anniversary is 3 or $4 more expensive. Yeah, that's, that's not a problem. I don't want the 20th anniversary to be a $20 cigar. Right. And have edge on it, but I don't, I don't mind them doing that. So I brought you a cigar too. And this is an interesting company. Now, we talked about this company recently on the show. We did. We talked very fondly and favorably about this company. So, that cigar, we got to Vegas, and what you'll be smoking is the United Maduro. Okay. United Cigars. Um, got to the show, and we're like, okay, we're just off the plane. The show hadn't opened yet. What can we, what can we kill, a, kill 45 minutes to an hour doing until the show gets open? Well... Sponsored by United Cigar is the legislative update. Right. Um, we said, okay, we'll get coffee. We'll get a free cigar. Let's go try. And they gave me that cigar. And I, I lit it with zero expectations of anything. Mm. 
and it surprised me. Okay. I really say it really surprised me. You know, it's a San Andreas wrapper, Dominican binder. The filler is Brazilian Matafina and Dominican broadleaf and Dominican Seco. Okay, so it's got a good recipe. And I acquired a couple of them during the show, and I've been kind of passing them out because, okay, you need to answer this. Is this a shame thing? It just looks like a generic cigar to me. It does. And I think a lot of that is the label. Um, You know, it's just a, 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 a red, white, and blue shield, a very sort of patriotic in its imagery. But the cigar itself, yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't give you much to go on. It's n- not a toothy wrapper. It's not a particularly dark or oily Maduro. It's very sort of subtly dark. Um, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't pick this up and have any expectations just on so looking at it. So when I handed it to you, what was your initial, just on, just on the appearance, just on the look, what was your initial thought of, of okay, is this good? Is this bad? Did you... Did you put any thought into that because we were doing all the show prep? I didn't. Um, mostly because I just I recognized that we had talked about United. And I don't recall in what context we were talking about them. Do you? Yes. They were. They shocked me because we wanted the Bandolero. That's right. And I don't know if we talked about this on the show. I don't we think didn't. we didn't talk about this on the show. Um, the guy, so United Cigars, and they also represent Adobe and Byron and several of the super high-end luxury cigar lines. And the guys around here kept saying, we want the Bandolero. And I said, well, you know, they represent Byron, they represent Adobe. I said, the chances they're going to let us open up an account. Just for the Bandolero? Yeah, especially with the guy up the road. And I'll, if somebody had said to me, Shane, I will bet you $10,000 that United Cigars will let you walk in there and just order the Bandolero. That you'll say, I'd like the Bandolero, and they'll say, how many boxes? $10,000. I'd have bet them. And I'd have lost. That's... <laughs> which, you know, and we talked about this, too. Like, that, yes, anybody who knows the industry, though, would not have made that bet with you. Because right. that's just not what people do. And I think it's great because if... There, there's a, there must be a reason why none of the other companies would have said yes to that. You know, certainly not my father or Perdomo or any of these, you know, big guys. They all have minimum orders. When one person does this, it works. But if everybody did it, I don't think it would. Well, I think everybody has to go according to them. And, and I will say this to United Cigar. If in hindsight, hindsight always being twenty twenty, it makes a lot of sense. Because if one day they want us to be an Adobe customer and they want us to be a Byron customer and they want us to sell their $30 or $40 sticks, they need an inexpensive, which is $20. The Bandolero is not inexpensive. But for their line of that premium stuff, if they can get you introduced into the Bandoleros, then if you did ever bring the Adobe's in, it would probably be a little easier to say, oh, yeah, you know, these are the guys that make the Bandolero. Right, exactly. So probably be a little bit easier. I, I see the logic in it for mm. them. I'm just surprised that they're using, utilizing that logic. But that cigar has surprised me and a number of other people, and I'm because it just it looks so generic cigar. Yeah, but it is. It, I mean, I'm only a little ways into it. I just lit it up, but it is pretty good. It's, it's surprisingly good. Yeah, and all, and I, I shouldn't talk. You know, I shouldn't be surprised when something's good. <laughs> <laughs> Probably, but... Well, but that's that's what happens when you go in with no expectations, right? Sure. So, the Bigfoot Conference. Yeah. So much fun. 
And you said you spent about four hours there. About four hours there. I really managed my expectations. I really, you know, when we started, when we got serious, that hey, okay, we're going to go. I really said, okay, I'm going to manage my expectations. I don't want to go there because my biggest fear was that I would get there and everybody would be, you know, nuttier and squirrel turds. Right. And that it would be just impossible to enjoy because everybody was going to be telling me. It this. would be the worst part of the fandom. Yes. Yes. That that, that that would be the part that would show up. That mm. would be the, and that the people there. But I said, you know, several of the bo- podcasts I listen to, those people are going to be there with booths. And I know how good it feels when somebody comes up and says, hey, I listen to your podcast. Yeah. I, I know how enjoyable that is. Especially and, if they remember which one you oh, are. Yeah, if they say, hey, I listen to your podcast. That other guy ain't bad either. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, but when they... So I said, okay, I'll take the risk and I'll go. I was so pleasantly surprised. Yeah. I ran into one nut job the whole time I was there. That's a pretty good ratio. That Of thousands of people and of, you know, a couple... You know, I'm sure there were a few nut jobs you didn't run into. Sure, sure. I'm sure there's a few that thought I was, you know, part of the government conspiracy. But only really ran into one nut job there, and he was and he was on a. I put it this way: I've worked ran into far more and worse nut jobs at gun shows. Oh yeah. Than I ever than I ever did at the Bigfoot conference. Yeah, that makes sense. So it was nice. We were talking, um, meeting. You know, I met Mary from Buckeye Bigfoot, and she's got such a soothing voice, and she was so happy to hear me talk about listening to her and all that. Ran into a family from Indonesia that had flown 23 hours from Indonesia to come to the Smoky Mountain Bigfoot Conference. Wow. <laughs> um, met Brian from Paranormal World Productions, and he does Sasquatch Odyssey. Nice guy. Um, not as nice as Mary, but a nice guy. And just talked to several different people around. But everybody that I talked to was really logical, really reasonable, there wasn't the nuts. They wasn't trying to convince me of their point of view. Right. They were just there. They were just there enjoying it, just like, and they they get the joke. Yeah. Did you take in any like panels or discussions or anything like that, or did you just kind of walk around and mingle a bit? Well, my now, I will brag on my wife. Not only did she go, she went all in. Everyone, that noise in the background is Jake has decided that Sunday afternoon is the ideal time to vacuum. While the mics are hot. (laughs) Um, My wife not only went, she bought in. That's great. And there, you know, people don't realize if you just agree to go some, go somewhere and all you do is be a jerk while you're there, you're, you don't get credit. One, you don't get credit for going. Right. Two, you just screw up the experience. If you can't go and buy in, don't go. Yeah. You know, it's, we've done... We've done Nashville Comic Con and we did Nashville Anime Convention or Middle Tennessee Anime Convention last year. So, and all of that is just because that's what my daughter's into. And that's, and we've gone to, and it's, you know, each time we go and yeah, we buy it, we dress up as a family. We cosplay, you know, in fact, we integrated my son in a uh, carrier into our costume this year. Like, we, we really think it out. We get it. And I can tell that makes such a, a difference compared to just walking around, okay, what do you want to do now? I'm just here for you. This is right. your thing. Yeah. Um, buy in or don't go. Right. And to her credit, she bought in. She said, yes, I want to go. I want to see it. She, we took pictures with the roaming Sasquatches that were roaming around the, 
the thing. I'll put one up on the Facebook page. Um, took a couple of pictures with the Sasquatches, talked to the people that are there selling their wares. I bought like seven T-shirts. Oh, nice. And I'll, one of my, my Tennessee Bigfoot shirt I'm wearing right now. And I like that. I, I thought it was very classy. I especially appreciate that they got the TriStar logo correct. Yeah. It is one of my biggest pet peeves, and it's the weirdest thing in the world, but it's so often it's upside down. I don't right. know why people think that one star is on top. I don't think they pay attention. Uh, but it's a key design element, mm-hmm. and it's part of the story of why our flag is our flag. It drives me crazy. Yeah. And met an author there. Oh, nice. Um, he's a guy, just walked up to his booth, and he shook my hand, and we started talking. And he said, well, here's my books. And his books are about a young man and his buddy that's a Bigfoot that fight off a zombie invasion and fight off a werewolf invasion and fight, you know, right up my alley stuff. Yeah. But I've never read any of his stuff. He's Had you obvi- heard of it? No. Obviously a self-published author. Right. So I said, hey, let's, let's, let's talk for a minute. Yeah, I don't think Westinghouse is... Uh... <laughs> no, they're not, they're not going for Beauregard. No. <laughs> but... Um, so me and him got sitting and talking, and I said, okay, who do you read? I, I said, you know, I like Larry Correa. I like Jim Butcher when we're talking about this. Jay Drescher. Yeah. The, yeah, when we're talking about this genre and all, which Jay Drescher's not really high, no. <laughs> high concept sci-fi, but when we're talking about this, uh, I was talking about the guys already. He said, yeah, that's the guys I read. That's the guys that motivated me to write these books. And it was like 40 bucks for all three books. Mm, not bad. And I said, do it. I said, I got a 10-hour plane ride to Alaska. And then a couple of days in Alaska. Oh, yeah, Yeah. absolutely do it. So I went ahead and picked up three books from an author I've never heard of. That's going to be fun. (laughs) I can't wait to hear how that goes. So anyway, we probably should talk about some cigars rather than just the Sasquatch. Real quick, I've got one more question before we move off of that. By all means. So one of the most fun parts about Comic-Cons and and such is, is the merch booths that are all set up. What was that like? Obviously, you had this author. Out of this world. So everybody, of course, had their T-shirts. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I went over to, um, to Buckeye Bigfoot to marry, and I bought a shirt. I bought a shirt and some stickers. It was like 15 bucks. And, you know, Glenda said, well, that, that she didn't have your size of shirt. I said, I don't care. I've listened to her podcast for free. Right. For, you know, a couple of years now. It's a way to return the favor. For- right. And I didn't want to just hand her a 20 and say, here, thanks for all the joy. Right. I just, so I said, so I said, yeah, I bought a shirt. And I'll, if I wear it, if I don't wear it, whatever, won't matter. The fact is I, I was supporting her, so I was able to do that. The biggest surprise, Mothman is pretty darn big. I had no idea. Really? The Mothman merch was a lot more prevalent. Very little Loch Ness Monster merch. Uh, just a smidgen of dog man, lots of Sasquatch, lots of Bigfoot, and lots of Mothman. And I had no idea. Chupacabra, Jersey Devil, any of those? No, no Chupacabra. I mean, Mothman, Jersey Devil can kind of interchange. Yeah. They, they they get confused. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the winged cryptids often get confused. So, but um, I was really surprised at the following of Mothman there in the merch, the merch stands. And on, I got, of course, a couple of signs that said, don't feed the Sasquatch. And somebody gave me a bumper sticker that says I break for Sasquatch, but I kind of hate to put a bumper sticker on my vehicle. You've got stickers on your vehicle. I have two very tasteful stickers on my yeah. vehicle. I have on one side a Sasquatch riding the Loch Ness Monster, and mm-hmm. on the other side I have the Tennessee, yeah, Smokey, Tennessee Hound. 
and all. So I'm I'm wondering if I put this sticker, but now I do have a University of Tennessee license plate on the front. So I guess if I put the then you balance out the UT and the Sasquatch. Right. I don't want I don't want my my love of cryptid, my love of volunteer football to get yeah out of whack. Yeah. Although I know somebody who has the eye break for a Sasquatch bumper sticker. Someone who we both uh, hold in high regard. It's Josh Stump. So okay, okay. You'd well, be then, in good company. At so least. it probably wouldn't be a bad deal. I probably yeah. could put the eye break. But now I wonder: as often as I take my car through the car wash, would it hold up? You know, it's what's so. Here's something funny, and I guess for anybody out there who's ever in charge of merch for anything, I have a bunch of stickers on my car. Um, some from uh, a mutual friend's business. I've got Reserva cigars. I've got one of theirs, even though they're no longer a going concern. Um, I've got a Smoker's Abbey sticker. And I've got my sticker for... Um, You've got a Wicked Tuna sticker on there. No, it's, it's Wicked Pissa. It's, uh, it's a colloquialism from the Boston, New England area. Well, it's the name of a... Everybody that sees it, it's the name of a boat on Wicked Tuna. And it's the captain's the biggest asshole on the show. That's fu- I wonder if that's why it was so easy for me to find bumper stickers with this saying. I did. So the name of the boat is Wicked Pissa? Yeah. I, di- I did not know that. I've, I've been meaning to ask you about that for about a year now. Yeah, I did. Why, why would you have the biggest jerk on the show's boat advertised no, on the back it's of It's a colloquialism car? that just means sort of awesome. Okay, well, you need another bumper sticker to attach to it that says, no, I'm not talking about the boat on Wicked Tuna. See, I didn't even know. What's Wicked Tuna? Is it like a Deadliest Catch kind of show? Yeah, yes. Yeah, okay. Um, Anyway, so what's what's interesting to me, and then I have a sticker from USA Triathlon uh, that they send me a new sticker every year I register. We get it. You ride bicycles. Right, exactly. The ones that have held up are Smoker's Abbey and Reserva. They're like the high-quality vinyl stickers, you mm-hmm. they f- almost have that matte business card texture to them. Those will hold up. If it's that slightly thin, glossy vinyl, I wouldn't bother because it probably won't last as long. Well, here's the problem with bumper stickers. 80% of a bumper sticker is indestructible. And 20% falls off. Yeah, and it's... (laughs) And, and so it it's always the 20% that provides context to what the bumper sticker should mean well, that falls it off. It just all of a sudden starts looking like hell, and you've got to take, you know, a belt sander to the back of your truck to get the thing off. Yeah. So for that reason, I usually avoid bumper stickers altogether. That's why I only put stickers on my rear glass. Worst case scenario, I, I shatter it and just put a new back glass on. Best case scenario, you can use a razor blade without damaging the paint. Okay. Well, I may have, I may try the Sasquatch bumper sticker, but I'm still not certain. But anyway, all right. Well, right, we're now on the cigars. cigars. If we've done half a show. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but now we're going to introduce the Hoot and Young cigar, and then we're going to take a break. Oh. <laughs> so, PCA 2023 Hunt Hoot and Young. This is from Half Wheel, and we talked about them briefly last week, but we were touching on so much of the Half Wheel stuff that I did want to come back and talk about. Their Gothic Serpent 30th anniversary. So my complaint with Hoot and Young has been their price point. Their cigar quality is excellent, right? But their price point has always been closer to twenty than to fifteen. Yeah, and you gave me one that you brought back from Tampa a couple of years ago that you had at. Um, yeah, it's the 2020. Oh my gosh, that cigar was amazing. Oh, great sticks, absolutely great sticks, great guys. Their price point's just been a little high. Yeah, 
Now, the story is it's a veteran-owned company. They give 10% of their profits back to veteran charities, things like that, and are big, you know, big supporters of that community. Right. Um, I met Mr. Young there at the bar at Treasure Island and got to talk to him for a few minutes, shake his hand. Good guy. This is a cigar brand that I think is going to come in here at some point, but it I didn't want to bring it in as we're bringing in all this other stuff. Right. Give you it know, a chance to stand on its own. Yeah, we spoke about that last week. It, it's such an art bringing that stuff in. But the Gothic Serpent's going to have a Sumatra wrapper, Ecuadorian, a Mexican San Andreas binder, and a Dominican filler. That sounds good. I bet it's going to be a good stick. And from everything else they've had, I've been very, you know, very pleased. Um, and if you look at their Ma Deuce, the cigar box is actually a wooden ammo crate. Oh, yeah. It's an amazing packaging. I think it would be, I think you'd have people buying the cigar box of cigars just for the box. Oh, I'm sure. So just a great piece of packaging there. Great company. Can't say enough nice things about them. So, it looks like they're also the Operation Neptune Spear, which appears to be also in that $15 range, which is great. Brazilian Matafina wrapper over Ecuadorian Habano binder and Nicaraguan filler from Esteli, Candega, and Jalapa. That sounds really good, too. So, these are two really thought out blends on offer at kind of the budget end of their spectrum, which is really, really cool. Yeah, and so they're also made, most of them are made in the Cordoba Morales factory. Right. And we know how good Cordoba Morales is. Surprisingly enough, not at the show this year. Really? I actually wanted to talk to them, but they weren't at the show this year. Well, they were, just (laughs) in everybody else's booth. I guess. Yeah. (laughs) But, I mean, nice guys. I'm interested to try to give them a a chance here at at the shop sometime. Yeah, and I would love to see because do. I don't think they're in Middle Tennessee, are they? Uh, the Humidor has a Murfreesboro. Okay, they have that. When I went there last, they had the twenty twenty and the Ma Deuce. All right, so maybe cool. they brought in the newer stuff too. But we'll see how it turns out. But won't we take a break? When we All come back, I promise we'll talk about cigars. All right, we'll be back with that and more after this. Back to the cigar cast. This is one of your hosts, Shane. I'm awake. <laughs> Sitting across from the man who is my co belligerent, Mr. Trey Edmund. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to use the word co belligerent. I've been I've been waiting for a week in this place to have an opportunity to use the term co belligerent. Where did you come across the term co belligerent? Oh, in a podcast, like oh, everything okay. else. But the definition is noun, a country that wages war against the common enemy without the countries on the same side having a formal treaty of military service. I like that. So if if we don't agree on nothing, but we both decide to complain about the same thing, we can be a co-belligerent. I like it. Which kind of sums up our relationship. It really does, actually. <laughs> In a very round, very easy way. So smoking the Edge 20th anniversary. Yeah, it tastes like an Edge Sumatra. Does it? I mean, I've literally let this thing age a year in my humidor and it's d- not doing anything and special just take it's just like if i went in there if i took the label off of this and handed you this in an edge sumatra i doubt you could tell the difference yeah the united is still really impressing me it's i'm 
I don't remember if you said this at the top of the show. Is it Nicaraguan? Uh, yes, it does have some Nicaraguan, some Dominican. It has um, just a Brazil, little bit of everything. Brazilian. Oh, that's right. Matafina yeah. in it. It's it's kind of a, a hodgepodge of mixed together. The recipe of that cigar to me, the blend is indicative of a much higher price cigar than what that what's, is. What's the retail on this? I think they're not eight or nine bucks. I mean, oh wow, they're they're not bad. Uh, hold on a second, let me see here. Eh, of course, they don't have the price on the website. Yeah. Um, but I, I can't imagine it's over, you know, a ten or eleven dollar cigar at the max. Yeah, it, it, as long as it's around that ten dollar price point, it's a phenomenal cigar so far. Yeah, I just I concerned about the presentation if it if it would look too generic cigar to be something people would pick up here. I I can tell you I would walk by this in a in a humidor, which is why I'm glad you put it in my hand because. I, yeah, this is not a cigar that I would have picked up just of my own volition. You know, and here's the thing, cigar manufacturers of the world. Allow me to pull you over and talk to you about this for a second. Crux Cigars presents so well in that humidor. Right. You walked in, you seen how, and they didn't do nothing fancy. They don't have no Greco wrestling, Greco-Roman wrestling scenes on the front of their box. They don't have... Anything exotic, they do. The that. way your mind works is just staggering. Ain't that, Why ain't that, is that, that where on, you went? Ain't that what's on front of the line, Tequidad? <laughs> no, it's a it, it's a agriculture scene. Oh no, there's a naked woman on one of those. That's the Florida Los Antillas. Okay, what, what's the? What, uh, I don't know. But it, you, here's the point. The point being, <laughs> you don't need some per fresco on the front of your cigar for it to present well. Um, but the Crux just presents well in its simplicity. The beauty and the simplicity of it. But now I will say, you know, we got a new cigar in there right now. The label is the same color as the wrapper. You can't tell where the label starts and the wrapper begins. So it's a, looks like a wedding. Uh, there's a there's Actually, a, no, that's a gay wedding. There's a naked chick on the front of one of these. Cigars. Yeah, that's that's Florida Los Antillas. Okay, that's but, not Greco-Roman. Oh, okay. But the presentation. But by the same token, you do have to have some reason for somebody to stop and look and pick up your cigar. That is true. And I think that's where that the presentation of that United cigar. I'm not sure how you could present it in such a way as to make people not walk by it, is to make the average guy stop and grab it and convince the average guy he likes it. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. that's the one with the naked chicken. Yeah, the behind. FDLA has the naked, half-naked woman. Yeah, so I, I get that. And I'll, so we're, I'm going to skip ahead. All right. Because I, I want to hit this, and then we'll come back to We'll hit Freud before the end of the show. That way we end on a cigar and st- since the, front, since the front end of the show was so topic-heavy, we'll end on a cigar. All right, sounds good. Okay, this is from Art of Manliness. The pre-inspection, what to look for in a house before making an offer. You know, this is one of those things that I don't think is ever talked about enough. I agree. Um, especially because around the time that we were selling our old house and buying this one, a lot of our friends were buying their first house, and many of whom were buying brand-new construction. And oftentimes I was the one that was kind of the voice of reason that 
you still get an inspection and you still personally get a pre-inspection with a brand new house. But it's, it's even that much more important when, it's, when you're not the first people living in it. Well, so here's the thing. Always get an inspection, not because the inspector's going to find anything, okay? A new house has been inspected by real inspectors. You don't need this yokel. But the reason you do it is it becomes a liability issue. It, it's a legality. It's one of those things that the realtor will fall back on if for some reason something was misrepresented. They can say, well, if, if you had had an inspection, that would have been caught. Right. Yeah, you know, there's no way to prove that I didn't disclose that, you know, it was built on an Indian burial ground and now the knives are flying around the kitchen. Um, not that the not the pre-inspector checks for poltergeist. I wouldn't think that's a specialty. <laughs> you have to pay extra for that. But um, always always get, a pre- get an inspection, but don't depend on that. You've got to know enough basics to go in there and inspect for yourself. Yeah, Absolutely. You've got to know the age of the air conditioning unit. It's a huge expense. And the roof. you got to know... Well, the roof's not that big an expense. Except it affects your insurance. Well, yes. And in Tennessee, we get enough storms often enough. Most people's insurance company pays for a new roof long before their roof wears out. Oftentimes. But that is, that is a question that comes up on the insurance application. And if you can't prove or if you don't have knowledge of the age of the roof... It, it can cause, because that's where, like you said, that's where most of the home claims come from. Oh, yeah. And so that's going to drive your premiums way up. You know, the so on their list, let's talk about their list. Um, assessing deferred maintenance issues. This is the big one to me. This is good. Now, if you, whoever, when I decide to sell my house, whoever sells my house can have the record that my HVAC unit has been serviced every six months since the house was new. Yeah. House is now nine years old. But every six months since the house was new, I've had that unit serviced. And it's never left me hot. It's never left me cold. It's always worked good. Mm -hmm. The water heater is in excellent shape. I drain it out every time the time changes. Don't have to worry about my water heater going bad. Now, if you go in there... And the water heater has everything in the world stacked in front of it. And it's obviously they've never hooked a water hose up to the pop-off valve or the drain and actually drained this water heater. And you're buying a 15-year-old house. You're going to have to buy a new water heater soon. So what actually, I know this isn't really relevant, but what does draining it have to, what benefit does draining a water heater have? So the settlement all settles to the bottom. So, are these, so basically, yeah. the, small specs, the, yeah. the small specks of stuff, the sediment, all settles to the bottom of the water heater. Where the drain is. So right. if you're draining so, off of that, you're pulling that stuff out of it. Right. You screw, that, you screw a water hose on there. There's a reason that that valve is threaded. Mm-hmm. You turn the water off to the house, but the lever's right up top. Then you open that valve, and then you push the pop-off valve, because it has to be able to bring air in to push the water out. Right. And you let it run out into the driveway, and you'll be amazed at stuff that'll come out of that. But if you do that every time the time changes, that water heater's going to last an indefinite period of time. Because the reason water heaters burn out is the sediment gains on the bottom, and eventually it holds so much heat, it burns the element out long before it ever runs the water right. temperature up. Well, case, case in point, we actually have already had to replace the element on our, on our water heater in a brand new house. Mm-hmm. We were still under warranty. We had to replace the elements in that thing. 
Yeah, and some of that stuff's going to happen. There's always going to be manufacturing yeah. flaws, things like that. But I was amazed to sit there and watch them do it and figure out that it's something I can easily do in the future. Um, the other thing, you know, they say evaluate big tickets items, roofs, windows, and HVAC. Windows, not that big a deal. Insulation, big deal. Well, with windows, though, there are some things you can look at, like if if the if the caulking around the trim on the inside is pulling away then it's likely doing that on the outside too because it it either the surface wasn't prepped right or whatever so it's just an indicative if you're not buying a house from 1965 that's not an issue new houses are one or vinyl windows aluminum clad windows they're not caulking windows in the set now if they are you've got somebody that put the cheat you need Yes, if you see caulk, whether it's cracked or not, don't go ahead and figure replacing the windows because they use the cheapest, crappiest windows possible. Right. Good windows are vinyl. They're aluminum clad. They're machined together. They're not a problem. So what they're talking about here is as if it was 1978 and we were having to maintenance windows. Those days are long past. Yeah. And all those those are and 90 percent of the time, people buy replacement windows for a house when what they should have done is change their insulation. More often than not, the reason your window is leaking is because you have so much heat and coolness escaping from your house. That's the only way to get new air into the house. Hmm. Um, always go in the attic and go to the point the furthest away from the, the access hole and see if there's insulation up there. Right. And also, insulators are terrible not to insulate there. Well, and especially, and that's the other thing, blown in insulation most people never have it re recharge. What do you call that? Just more thrown Just blow in. On more to- on blow, top blow more on top. Blow more on top. Yeah, it settles. It, yeah, it settles, and it settles fairly quickly. You should be replacing it every couple of years, or, or adding more to it every. And it's easy. Yeah. Go to Lowe's. Most of the time, you buy enough insulation to insulate top of your house. They give you the blower for free. Saturday, a six pack of beer, a couple of buddies can have a ball up there and blow all that out. Yeah, and all it's it's not a hard it doesn't take a skill. And I've to been do in that. a lot of attics back when I was doing that kind of work, and it, I've never seen one that wasn't brand new that actually had properly insulated attic. Yeah, that's why I foam underside of the rafters on all my personal houses. Yeah, but that's a I'm not I don't want to get too far into the home yeah, building fine. weeds of that. That would have to be a home building podcast. But the thing that's not on their list. And I guess it's because wherever the art of man list is, they probably don't have septic systems. Mm -hmm. Septic system. Number one, before you move into that house, have the tank pumped. Don't care who it is. Don't care how old the house is. Don't care what it is. You want to be starting from from level. Have, Have the tank pumped. That will reveal to you any problems that the septic system could have. Yeah. And you can even put that in your contract. Hey, we would like to have the septic tank pumped before we move in. And a lot of times you can use that as a negotiating key and have them come do it. And especially if you have a two, have a you know a, a pump system where you have two tanks. Um, if you have a gravity-fed system, it's important. But if that septic system fails, you don't repair them. You put a new one in beside it. That's why they have a duplicate area. And that's ten, fifteen thousand dollars just in a drop of a hat. Right. So, when I see this article, that was the one thing I really wanted to stress. Um, I, I don't, and I guess it's because Artemanlis probably does not live in an area where that's not there. 
Now, I don't get their hot buttons and red tags. Polybutene piping. Um, I've never heard. I've never seen polybutylene piping. No, me neither. I have no idea what that is. I also think it's funny that they say that PEX has the same issues as polybutylene piping, which is higher statistical rate of failure. No, it doesn't. No, PEX is awesome. Yeah. Now, there there actually, that being said, over in Murfreesboro, we did a lot of work in crawl spaces with PEX failures because there was a bad lot. And they would get aneurysms and that it would burst because of too high. I think it was the municipality had too high a water pressure and it was causing back feet issues or whatever. Right. So, yes, if, if, but it's so rare. Yeah. So you, you want pecs in your house. This seems to me, I'm glad they're putting it on here because one, I'm glad to let people know, hey, just because you hire the guy to come in there and tell you that you're missing three screws on the underside of your dishwasher does not mean your house is good. Right. Use a little common sense. Spend a little time. Talk to somebody at the cigar shop. I've guided many a person through here over a cigar who's looking to buy a house and say, hey, these are the things you want to check. These are the things you really want to look at. Be sure. Yeah. Look for fresh paint on the drywall covering up cracks where they've repaired them. You know, those types of things. Yeah, and, you know, I always tell people selling houses. They say, oh, i got to get my house ready to sell. I'm going to pull the carpet out. I'm like, no. Sell the house. If they don't like the carpet, you can do a much better job negotiating with them that than you can trying to pay for it on the front end. Right. Because what happens when you replace it and they still don't like it? Exactly. You end up paying for it anyway. Mm -hmm. So just keep it clean. Yeah. It's like anything. It's like a car. Keep it clean. That's really all that matters. I could... I could sell my house tomorrow because I keep it in, in, I mean, it's not, you know, obviously you live in clutter and things like that. But in terms of, like, we spend, we wash our baseboards. We we dust the tops of our fans. Like, we do those maintenance issues, right. those things that, you know, we have a list of stuff we have to do daily, like run the dishwasher and sweep the floors because we have a dog. We have the things that we do week, weekly, like mopping the floors and yada, yada, yada. And then the stuff, you know. Every couple of months, every whatever, you know. I highly recommend putting a a list like that together for your house. And if you're like me and you hate doing that stuff, I have a housekeeper. I pay a housekeeper, and I consider that part of protecting my investment. Yeah, well, it's like we've talked about, I think, on the show before, which is, you know, your wife is like, oh, we've got to clean the house because the housekeeper's coming. And the reason you do that is because then she can focus on cleaning the baseboards and the outside of the upstairs windows and doesn't have to worry about sweeping the kitchen. Yeah, I I still don't buy into that, but it's one of those battles I'm not going to win. It's like a housekeeper being on time. I fired my first housekeeper because she wouldn't be on time. My now third housekeeper, I finally just had to say, okay, if they're within an hour of the time they tell me they're going to be there, I consider them on time. Yeah. Otherwise, I'll never have a housekeeper. For some reason, yeah. that that profession lends itself to people not able to tell time. Yeah. It's, it's, it's funny how that works. So, talking about the Freud cigar. Uh, this is from Half Wheel. This is another one of their PCA review booths, the Freud cigars. Um, we touched on it last week. We've got the disruptor coming in. Mm-hmm. You know how good a cigar has to be for me to say, I'll, yes, bring a $42 cigar in the right. shop. But one of the things, and I don't think this was just a marketing scam. 
the rep said, hey, if you get them and they don't sell, we'll, find, we'll have somebody that'll want them. Right. That's, that's a lot of faith in your product. And a lot of people say that. Hopefully, you don't have to find out. But the, where the rubber meets the road is whether they honor that if you need to. Hey, we discontinued a whole line of cigars here because the rep was supposed to change out some. We had some of their kind that wasn't selling. And we weren't asking taking them back. Right. We just said, hey, trade these out for something new. Let's see if we can get a line of your cigars here that will sell. And he, oh, yeah, that's a great idea. I appreciate that. No problem. Radio silence. Right. So he, all of his stuff went on the clearance rack, and he is out of this store. Mm-hmm. And all. Because if you're not going to do it, don't say it. But Freud, so the disruptor's coming in. The super ego's coming in, which I really like. Uh, the alter ego may have a future here at some point. But the one I really want to talk about is the Carlos Maria Amorio. And this cigar, so the first one is the attraction. And this basically, the story of these cigars is going to be a story of releases as to how a romantic relationship works. You'll have the attraction and then I don't know and then... You know, whatever. Second base. And I, I want to smoke the consummation. Right. I'd like to know, like to know what that's like. <laughs> I kind of hope that... <laughs> well, and then the disruptor is six years later after, after you get the convertible, right? Absolutely. That's, seven-year seven itch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, if the last one in this series is not called the seven-year itch, they're not... <laughs> they're way too optimistic. <laughs> but really good cigar. Um, he gave us one of them at the show, and I smoked it, and I really liked it. Um, the wrappers at Ecuadorian Habano, the binders Indonesian Sumatra, and the fillers Nicaraguan, Ecuadorian, and Dominican, and an undisclosed. Which hey. you maintain is Cuban. Hey, cigar guys, here's the deal. If it's undisclosed, don't tell me it's undisclosed. Just, just say okay. We don't. Yeah. So, cut. Just, I need just to, leave it out. I, I'm not entitled yeah. to know the full recipe Yeah, if anyway. you've already told me Nicaraguan, Ecuadorian, and Dominican, I don't need to know undisclosed. Right. And uh, it just feels too much like a marketing scam when that happens. Part of me wonders if it's this. There are certain areas, like Cameroon, where there's a single family that owns all of the tobacco production in that area. And I'm wondering if maybe the acquisition of this tobacco didn't go through those channels where it's like, okay, you can have it, but you can't tell anybody what it is because they can track back how you got it. So they may have an exclusive deal with somebody and decided to sell a crop under the table. Yeah, that's what and I think. And so they undisclose. Okay, I'll, I buy it. I think that'd be a better story. But rather then, than undisclosed, say, but again, just leave acquired. undisclosed out of it. <laughs> yeah. I don't, you've already given me three versions of what's in your filler I'm not going to be... I know there's a fourth one in here. Yeah, I'm not going to lie to you. Let's see. I got Ecuadorian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a Sumatra. Uh, damn, what's that one that they're... There's something in here that they're not telling you. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not going to be that guy. So, okay, as we wrap up the show, I will talk about The Edge. Um, we got a little more time to hit one more if you want. Oh, okay. Well, good. Let's talk about Provada Club. All right, yeah, let's do that. We promised everybody we'd talk about Provada Club last week. And um, here is the Provada Club model. We met with Provada Club while we were at the show and talked to them. And um, I hate their model. Yeah. I said I wasn't going to run them into the ground. I'm going to well, try not to. It's, their model is very similar to Viaje. 
in that once you get one of their one of their lines, that what you get is what you're gonna get. It mm-hmm. it never right. comes back into production. So their model is okay. Sign up with us, and once a month we'll send you ever how many boxes of cigar you want to buy, whether that's one, two, four, five, ever how many you want to buy, and that comes into your shop. And these are all blended by you know the one coming this month's from Cavalier, but these are all blended by big name blenders. And when it comes into your shop, if they like it, great. Sorry, we can't give you any more of them. But if they like it, that's great. Maybe you can order more for next month. Well, if the next month's cigar ain't no good, then you're stuck holding them. Right. Um, But they're trying to appeal to the people like you and I that smoke a large variety of cigars. But this seems like the worst. I want a cigar. I don't want just a variety. I want something I can get when I want it. Yeah, I do think there's a place for this. But it almost seems like, as a consumer, this would be the kind of thing I would sign up for. Like, as, as an in, you know, I want 10 cigars, I want a box of cigars, I want whatever, a month. Like, a, a Cigar of the Month Club would work well in this format. But it seems strange to be servicing the retail format in this capacity. I will say, I appreciate that the rep for them kept swinging. Because I, I kept delivering blows, I kept working the body, and he kept swinging. So I, I'll give him credit. You know, he came up and he said, hey, have you smoked Provada Club before? I said, yes. He said, what did you think? I said, I hated it. So I thought it was, it was not good. Okay, well, which one did you smoke? And so I pointed out the ones I'd smoked. Oh, yeah, we had several people that didn't like those. Okay, I give him credit. He acknowledged it. Yeah. He didn't say, oh, everybody loved that. I don't know why you hated it. Because to me, that's the stupidest thing a right. can say. Oh, yeah, we sell tons of those. I don't know why you would not like it. No, go with the flow. Oh, yeah, we had some people that didn't like that. Move forward. Good news is we didn't lose any inventory because we already sold out of everything we produced of it. Right. Hey, everybody's palate's different. No problem. He said, well, let me give you one to try. Outstanding, please. Gives me one to try. I light it up, and we start talking about the Provider Club model and all that. And I get, you know, an inch and a half into it. And he said, what do you think about that cigar? I said, it's, I, I don't like it. It's not my palate. And this is, this is where he really shined. He said, boy, you've got a tough palate to figure out. <laughs> <laughs> Off of two cigars. <laughs> but, I, hey, I give him credit. He yeah. never insulted me. He never downplayed what right. I felt. He never did anything that made me not like him. He really was doing a masterful job of selling, selling these cigars to someone who didn't like them. Yeah. So I'm I'm really, um, I like the guy. I don't like their cigars as of yet. I'm hoping, I, I'm kind of hoping I smoke one that I like. I'm kind of hoping that. Of course, the problem with that is you find the one of theirs you like and you'll never get to smoke it again. Right. I know that there's probably going to be 11 months of them that I don't like. Mm-hmm. But, hey, at least everything he did, he did not invalidate my opinion as and that's a cigar huge. smoker. I mean, that's that's totally huge. You know, how often have we talked about the fact that your your palate and mine are different, and they're different from everybody else's palate. That's what that's why there's a humidor full of things to choose from in there because not everybody's going to like the same stuff. Uh, you know, so to be able to acknowledge, yeah, we we swung and missed on that blend. That that's huge because most manufacturers are so committed to to keeping this a part of their regular production for the next four years. They're not able to say that. And I guess that may be the beauty of his model. 
I, th- I think it's a selling point. I think it's the one selling point. Yeah, so if, if we're lining up stuff we don't like about it versus stuff we do, that is the beauty of it, is if they do get a dud, it's a one and done. It's yeah. not like they've got, they've got a dud in their line that they're trying to push off on you, you know, to get the good stuff. They're in, so in, in a world where the cigar industry is a sports metaphor, Provada Club is playing baseball. They're playing 160 games a year, you know, more than anybody else. Right. And they're taking three at-bats for every game. So, you know, batting 300 is great in baseball. You know, you're, you're only getting to hit three out of ten times. So maybe that's the model. Maybe that is. Maybe that's what they're doing. But I, but I will say it was br- there's nothing worse. And if you're a cigar rep out there. When someone comes to you and says they don't like your cigar, the dumbest thing you can say is, oh, we sell a ton of those. Okay, so you're saying that the problem is me. Right. That there's nothing. So you're so as the customer, you're saying the problem is that I'm not, you know, um, I'm not erudite enough to enjoy the subtleties of your tobacco. <laughs> I think you might be reading a little more into that. Uh, I, I, I can understand the concept uh, of, of why, because what else are they going to say? You know, they can't say, oh, yeah, this one's a dog turd when it's their bestseller. You know, it's... it's Well, or just say, yeah, I run into people that don't like that cigar. Yeah. I say, you know, just be honest, because I'm certain I'm not the only one that don't right. like a certain cigar. Yeah. yeah, I've run into people that didn't like those, and those people, I recommended they try this one. Yeah. So, okay, that's... To me, that's saying the same thing. Uh, but I, I get your point. Well, it's funny because I'm, I'm working your side of the street you with are. the hurt feelings here, and you're working my side of the street with the say what you mean. So. Well, no, you're <laughs> not so much with the hurt feelings, but more with the uh, the, the, the nuance and the importance of yeah. of uh, semantics, I guess. Yeah, it's interesting that, I, that I'm working your side of the street. Okay, so now let's talk about our cigar. All right. Edge... 20th anniversary tastes like any other edge. I wouldn't spend any more on it. Tastes like any other Rocky. Yeah. I, I don't know what Rocky would have to do to win me over, and that bothers me. They'd, they'd have to be La Aurora. They'd have to be any, you know, they would have to. To me, LFD suffers the same problem that Rocky does. Now, their cigars are better than Rocky's cigars. Don't get me wrong. But you smoke one, you smoked them all. Well, what have we said about Padron? Padron is the ACDC of the cigar world. Well, Every song sounds the same. You said that. Oh, yeah, I say that. Every song sounds the same. It's awesome. Right. Whatever song the ACDC plays sounds great, but it sounds just like the song they sang before. An ACDC concert would be very hard to tell when one song ended and one song began. But they're all awesome. Right. So it don't matter. So it doesn't matter. But if every song you play sounds the same. Then you're Nickelback. Right, and you don't have, and they're not that good to begin with, or even if they are just decent to begin with, then you're you're just middle of the pack. Right. So I've, I understand that. So this is you know it's a it's a five, five five and a half at the most, probably a five. You're being way more generous with that than I think you should be, because uh, well the edge has always been a five for me. That that's fair. So this just sticks right at that. Right. The, the extra two, three bucks doesn't factor into that for you? Nah. Okay. So the United, I'm giving a five and a half. And I don't think it's... I, 
I really like it, and I'm surprised by it because I had no expectations going in. And, but I don't think I'd be rushing out to buy another one, and that's a six for me. And, you know, whereas a seven is I would break my arm to get another one, a six to me is I can't wait to sm- smoke the next one whenever I come back around it. Right. This is not quite there. I will have another one of these, but probably not the next time I see it. If you if you were running a humidor, you wouldn't just say, "Oh yeah, we got it." You wouldn't smoke that and say, "Oh yeah, we gotta get that in the humidor tomorrow." No, I wouldn't. And Bec- part of that's presentation. Part of that's flavor. Part of it's presentation because I, it's good, but I can't tell you why it's good. You know, oh the 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 earthiness or the leather or the cedar. Whatever, I'm not getting any of that from it. There's no specific tasting notes. It's just a good cigar. And in that $10 price point, you've got all of AJ's portfolio. You've got, you know, some of La Aurora's portfolio. You've got Perdomo. You've got the Charter Oak. I already said that, didn't I? Um, the Blind Man's Bluff. You know, there are a lot of great cigars in this same last point that I can say, if your palate likes X, you'll like this. I don't know how I would steer someone to this, and that's why it's a five and a half for me. Uh, that's, a, that's a fair rating, and that's kind of where I'm at on it, is kind of that. It's not a bad cigar, but you can't just be good in the cigar business. Right. If, if, it, if there was one particular flavor from anywhere in this recipe that just jumped out at me and grabbed me by the palate and said, here I am, it'd be a six. That's well, what's missing. Next show, I want to talk about blind tasting. All right. I think we need to come up with an official, because I was at a shop where they do some blind tasting the other day. So next show, let's talk about blind tasting for a few minutes. All right. Well, we can do that. So how do they get a hold of us? You can reach us at facebook.com slash thecigarcast. We're on Instagram and Twitter at thecigarcast and email info at thecigarcast.com. Well, thank you, everybody, for listening this week. Until next week, have a great cigar and think well of us. Thank you.